Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is Pastor Kyle Cavanis, pastor uh, in uh, Wilmot Valley Baptist Church in Almville, Oregon. Welcome, and thank you yes, so sir. much for joining us. Good to be with you. Uh, you're here in town for a wedding family event, and you're sticking over to uh, preach chapel for us and uh, to talk with me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I've uh, gotten to know you a little bit. Just want to give everybody a little bit of your background. Grew up in a pastor's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, your dad pastored. Um, in uh, in or was an assistant pastor down in Texas right. uh, for your grandfather uh, right. Bob Smith mm-hmm. uh, there at Trinity Baptist Church in Arlington Texas and uh, then your dad went to pastor in Oregon um, and uh, you were uh, there graduated high school in that uh, in that place went off to Bible College and then started as assistant pastor back in Texas right. so uh, and then now in the last five years have now been pastoring in Oregon right and so uh, I. I really can't appreciate either location. I I yeah. haven't been to Texas right. uh, except for the Dallas Fort Worth airport uh, for a layover, uh, and I've never been to Oregon either. I've been to the Pacific Northwest, but Oregon is never a place I've visited. And so, uh, I imagine each place brings its own challenges of ministry, and that's what I want to focus on today. Just sure. the transition of ministry, because as an assistant pastor, um, you have very specific roles. You know, these are your duties. And now, for the last year, last five years, uh, as a pastor, um, obviously you're taking a more holistic view of the ministry. So, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, just your experiences there in Texas and Oregon, and just that transition from assistant pastor to pastor, and even geographically how that's different for you? Sure. Well, I was blessed to uh, grow up in a pastor's home, which I think is a, a huge benefit. I know some pastor's kids have said, "Oh, it's a fishbowl," or all this other stuff, and and resent yeah. some of the the, the I guess uh, way people would look at it or standard they're held to. But I only ever saw it, and I think this is really big credit to my parents. Uh, I only ever mm-hmm. saw it as a, a, a blessing and an opportunity and just a real uh, leg up. And so being able to go into ministry, there's an associate or a senior pastor mm. after having grown up in a pastor's home. Um, boy, that's, that was just such a help and a what blessing. Did, what did they do to help you have that viewpoint? Because we recently actually recorded an episode, and I think it just aired a couple weeks ago, where I was talking with a guy about that topic and how right. he tried to help his kids. Okay. But now you, you are the pastor's right. kid. Yes. From your vantage point, what is the thing that helped you? You know, I never felt like I had to compete with the ministry uh, for mm-hmm. my dad's attention or my mom's time or something like that. I never felt like it was uh, an idea of, you know, it, unfortunately it's been said, you know, I'll give my life to the ministry and God will take care of my kids kind of idea. He never yeah. did that. And and he found a way of uh, of including us in the ministry in a way that I felt like I was the luckiest kid on earth. I mean, everybody else has to go home. I go out and eat with a guest speaker and get to meet some of these men and talk to them and hear from them. And, mm-hmm. and along with that came showing up two hours early and getting stuff ready and working when other people weren't working too. But uh, just my dad's attitude about it, there was never a a uh, joy at church and then a, a venting, complaining at home. He just never, ever, ever did that. Okay. And also, I never felt like um, I was missing out on, on anything, e- even even in times when we weren't making a lot of money, little church, something else like that. You mm-hmm. know, the Lord blessed. And if, if we were if we were lower than average uh, income, I didn't know it. You know, it was great. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I just, uh, I think my dad did really well and taught us really well at the importance of priority. And the idea that priority isn't just thinking that something's important. Mm-hmm. Prior, in order to put something first, you have to put something second. 
And so in, in order to be right, putting something first, you have to put, if there's a conflict, it has to go that way. And he was just really good at uh, taking care of his responsibilities and, and working and doing the church work and the ministry, but never making me feel like I was the, uh, the leftover, you know, and, and I never yeah. resented that. And then he was very consistent. And I never can think of a, a season of life at any point where he disengaged from us as a family. And, uh, and you know, because of that, I only felt like that was only a, a blessing and, a, and a, a help and a strength going into ministry and serving the Lord. And all my siblings are serving him across the world, different places. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think it's really, I think, I think a, a real blessing and a tool for me growing up in a family where I, don't, I haven't just heard what we're supposed to, how you should do it. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen it. And I've seen that it works and trying really hard to do the same thing with my kids. Well, what you said was perfect, perfect, especially about priorities, because I find myself in the same boat where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm making this a priority. But am I is the question, because you're right. Something has to come second. And when those things conflict, that's the true test of what your priorities are. Right. Um, So I think that's huge. And your attitude as well. You're saying that's just simply a reflection of your dad's attitude. Well, you know, everyone who was privileged to grow up in in a Christian home at any level, uh, it, it blesses us because it starts resetting our defaults. Yeah. You know, and for me, I'm really blessed. When I go on to autopilot, I autopilot back to the right way. Mm-hmm. Someone who's a first-generation Christian breaking those cycles, boy, they got a harder row than I do because they've got to go yeah. back, and their defaults are not going to be the right way. They have to constantly fight that. So what a gift we can give our kids. And I think that's know? why so many Christian kids who grow up in Christian homes, they're so bitter, especially when they try to go the other direction, because mm. they're fighting against their default. True, you want that. They're, yeah. they're bitter at themselves, and they're just right. frustrated. Why can't I enjoy doing wrong when I because they've been taught otherwise? Right, right. Yeah. It's great when you have the Lord and the home working hand in hand on that front. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's just not sin isn't an enjoyable uh, place to live uh, when you're the Lord's yeah. child and when you have a, a good home and, and that kind of thing. Something to lose. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you were there in Waco, Texas, serving as an assistant pastor, uh, what kind of responsibilities did you have? A little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, music uh, from the beginning, so we yeah. did uh, you know, congregational choir, special music, some orchestra, all the rest, yeah. and really loved that. Growing up, you know, musical home, my family sang a lot, so I just really enjoyed all of that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, kind of a anyone that's been assistant pastor for anywhere very long, uh, you get a a collection of things typically, and so yeah. I enjoyed a lot of that. I did yeah. all the uh, tech and uh, sound projection, live stream, that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. then um, helped with the school with principal for a while, and then uh, worked with outreach and, and soul winning mm-hmm. ministries and uh, teenagers and youth yeah. pastor for a while. So a little bit of everything. It was great. I think the Lord really used that to give me some experience and, and a taste of a lot of things I'd need, you know, going forward. So as tr- as you transition into the pastorate, obviously, um, in five years you've come across situations. In the past five years, well, COVID is kind of an yeah. exceptional thing. Right, yes. uh, but if you were to talk to a young man who was like you were as an assistant pastor, in charge of music, teens, you know, whatever the responsibilities might be, now looking back as the pastor of a church, obviously a pastor has a different view of the church sure. ministry than the assistant pastor does, and it needs to have a different view. Um, what were some things that, man, these are questions I wish I had asked uh, these right. are some things that, wow, I didn't really realize until I was in that position. If you were to kind of give full disclosure to a young man who desires sure. to be a pastor yeah. and transition from, you know, that assistant pastoral role to pastoral role, what, what would you tell them? 
I think I, I knew this to be true a little bit, but the more time that passes, the more truth I see in this idea. And it's something that we tell our young people, mm-hmm. but I think it applies all the way up the chain. When it comes to transitions, um, I've just learned that uh, it seems like um, we're always looking toward kind of the next thing. So when you're when you're in high school, you're looking toward Bible college, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You're looking there and you're thinking, when I'm a Bible college, I'm going to be like this. And I'm going to be able to do that and I'm going to have this experience and all the rest. Mm-hmm. And then you look toward marriage and family and ministry and then the next stage of ministry and and there's this, I guess, idea in a lot of kids that by the time I get there, I'll be what I need to be, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'll have the type of, uh, you know, there's a lot of lukewarm uh, teenagers in churches that expect to have spiritual homes later, you know, and that's just going to kind of be there. Yeah. And so we tell our young folks and tell our college students, you know, develop a heart for the ministry now, even when the ministry isn't yours, when you're in college and you're working in ministries. And I think that same principle was so true. And the more time that passes, the more true I see it. Um, it was really important for me as a a staff member, mm-hmm. as an associate, who 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 I didn't have a responsibility for you know to to the Lord for the church personally. My senior pastor gave account like that. I had this responsibility for my ministries, but to ask the Lord to put in me from an early or as early as possible a just a pastor's heart. You know, not everybody was in this boat. For me, I knew the Lord had called me to pastor and to okay. be a senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the Lord reveals His will in stages to folks, and they're just you know, willing to minister, and, and he shows them. I, I knew from early on that the Lord wanted me to senior pastor at some point yes. and was happy to okay. serve almost 10 years as an associate learning and, uh, and, and, and working and preparing and, and waiting on his time and his will mm-hmm. for that, that uh, transition. Uh, no rush for me there. I was loving it and, yeah. uh, and, and really cherished all those memories and that preparation. But I, I do think that something I could tell that God started to do in me and that I'm, I'm really thankful that I asked him for was just, the word, Lord, would you start now putting the pastor's heart in me? You know, and and seeing uh, people and working with people, having a burden for people, um, in in a way the pastor would before the pastor. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're you're um, stepping in front of any of the pastor's relationship or roles. You stay right and ethical and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But just that pastor's heart, and that view. I, I don't know any pastor anywhere that looks at a staff member and says, "You're seeing the big picture too much. Stop that. Just just focus on the little thing. <laughs> you know, stop worrying about these people and how they'll respond, and just worry about the the details of your yeah. event or your ministry or something else like that." Like. Uh, pastors, man, they were all about uh, staff men um, seeing the big picture and having a heart for people and to help people mm. and uh, and all that kind of things. And so I think going uh, from the associate role to the pastoral role, uh, one of the things that, that helped me the most was really asking God in advance. And this is something, again, that my dad counseled me in, and he said he said early on, I don't know when God's going to move you to a, to a pastorate, but he says, mm-hmm. I know he'll start putting that desire and that heart in you before he does. You know, and in the years before that, he's going to start building that that heart for people in you and to pastor people and help people and 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 all of that. And so I think that was a big thing, mm-hmm. not to wait um, until you're there to to develop that and think like that, yeah. but to start in advance. And then along the way, um, you know, to invest in that from a lot of different perspectives. We tell young people today, you know, you need to um, while you're in school and while you're in college and all the rest, you got to make sure that you're you know you're making wise decisions financially that's going to serve you later on make sure you're making wise decisions with your your health and fitness that kind of thing to have something where you can serve god well over the years and i think the same thing is true in your ministry and in your your uh uh your different ministries that you're working in and your heart for people um if you know this is where god's taken you then ask him to keep building that even if it's down to you know preparing more sermons than you're required to, to use you know that's a challenge as, a, as an associate yeah. i was busy you know, I was I was every minute I was crazy busy all the time yeah. doing everything. But I knew God's want, gonna want me to preach one day, so I need to be 
busy preparing and studying and getting these questions answered in my own mind. And so I think uh, the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways I would have for people that would find themselves looking toward pastoring one day that are not there yet, don't wait to prepare and get the heart and pray that way and even pray for those people mm-hmm. before you know them. Don't wait until then. Get the burden ahead of time and ask God yeah. to build that into you. And when I look back, I see God doing a lot of things, very specific things in my responsibilities and experiences that was direct um, preparation for things he was going to have me do later. Uh, thankful for that. You talked about the pastor's heart, and I think one word that you use repeatedly defines what the pastor's heart is. It's people. Right. Right? Yeah. And so so many times people can be focused on the things of the ministry yeah. rather than the people of the ministry. and. Am I right in saying oh, yeah, th- yeah. that's something that every person in ministry has to challenge themselves to do? You can be focused about planning details and events and blah, blah, blah. What's the next bus promotion rather than focusing on right. the people? And it so, takes all of it. You know, yeah. it, it, it takes everything. You have to do the events and you have to plan and you have to organize and you have to administrate and uh, presbyteros, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's one of the roles of, of a pastor. But uh, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, it's got to come down to people. And really making a connection between your relationship with the Lord and theirs, you know, Mm -hmm. and people. I can't help them if I'm not close to him and his word. I may want to help them, may have a heart for them, but I can't. And so if I want to help them, I have to stay close to him in his word, studying and uh, and getting wisdom. Because, you know, if I had been in the ministry and a senior pastor for 50 years, I might, whether or not I should, I might be able to fall back on experience for every answer and every counseling session and every uh, issue that arises. But uh, I'm not. You know, I'm yeah. five years deep as a senior and, and uh, growing up in a pastor's home or not, I don't have every answer that's sure. out there. And so, boy, I got to be I got to be on the same page with God. I got to be able to go to him and get answers and mm-hmm. go to his word and, and read it and understand it and be able to communicate it to other people. And so um, I think part of that investment in word and in study um, leads back to that heart for people. If you care about people, you've got to get in and learn and know the only thing that's going to help them. And it's not me. It's not my experience. Mm-hmm. This is word. So the heart of that pastor is kind of a spiritual preparation. You even mentioned a couple of more practical things like just being in practice of writing more sermons sure. than you would need to. That's that's a great idea. But you also mentioned financial. Um, can you talk a little bit about your experience? You talk about, I need to prepare myself financially to pastor uh, a church one day. Sure. Um, making sure I'm not getting into debt. Obviously, right. you want to avoid negative things. But were there any positive right. steps that you took as well? Like, man, I want to make sure that I have you know, a nest egg or something, because every church situation is different. Some guys are going to sure. pastor a church where, hey, we can't pay you a full-time salary. You're going to have to... Right. Be bivocational. A lot of what it, your I situation? Think, I think a lot of it does come down early in life just in making wise decisions that put yourself in a, you know, a lot of people, the, the young mind says, this will work out if everything goes perfectly, right? You know, <laughs> so I can afford this house if everything goes right and I get the raise I'm expecting, you know. Yeah. That's, that's the way a lot of young people think that haven't maybe been through difficult economic times, and that may be different in the next generation. I don't yeah. know. But uh, I think for me as a pastor, there was more at stake then uh, am I going to be able to enjoy this or that or have this comfort or not? Mm-hmm. You know, as a pastor, there's some places that I can go and I can pastor and I can be in God's will if I didn't have unwise decisions 
as a, as a weight and a burden and a problem. And if yeah. I have those weighing me down, that's going to make it a lot harder to be where he wants them. So my goal was really, and, and I'm all for people doing the research and, 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 and getting good advice and, and mm-hmm. just being in a wise steward, you, having wise stewardship with their money and, mm-hmm. and looking toward savings and nest eggs and all that kind of stuff. That's great. There's a lot of, you know, Ramsey will help you with all that kind of yeah. stuff or whatever <laughs> else, you know, there's a lot out there. Yeah. But for me, it was just also looking past just the general wisdom of it and saying, if, if I keep this right, God's going to be able to use me in an easier way than, than if he's got to overcome my poor decisions to use me where he wants to. So that's just that's something true. I kind of kept in mind early on. There's a number of ways that I can make God's job using me more difficult. He's yeah. up to the task, but that's not really what I want my role to be with mm-hmm. him is making his, his, his will as difficult as possible. You yeah. know? So I think it is important just to kind of see through that lens and... and you know, when it comes to finances, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm certainly not uh, uh, independently wealthy because I, you know, did one thing right <laughs> as a college student. However, yeah. um, it's very easy to take any of those things like that you know you should do and to say, well, once I get to this point, then I will. Uh, and there it is again. You're never going to get to that I'll point. I'll wait till it's I've arrived to arrive. Yeah, same yeah. idea that, trend, yeah. that applies to so many things. Yeah. But uh, I think that uh, it's uh, uh, important. Well, I appreciate everything you've told us, and I think it'll help a lot of young men who are in that situation of um, having a desire to pastor. They're not pastoring just yet, but man, what can I do now to make that transition happen a whole lot easier? And I think that's very helpful. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Maverick University, and make sure that you check out our other YouTube videos and also the audio-only platforms as well. Make sure that you like this video and that you share it with somebody uh, who can be benefited by it. God bless you. Thank you very much.